The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. It failed. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. The year is 2260. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 59, Sick Transit Veer, in which Veer meets his bride-to-be and we learn more about what he has been doing in his spare time. Coming to you live from the Hall of Fake Presidents, I'm Grovero Clevelandi, and this is The Name of the Pod. I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host... Milardi Filmore. (laughs) (laughs) Now, folks, if you've watched this episode, Sick Transit Veer of Babylon 5, you know that I'm John Cassie, and I am joined, of course, by... Chris Datro. And we are riffing on the absolutely ridiculous Abrahamo Lincoln-y, uh that, uh, that Vir Koto, our dear friend Vir Koto, created as a, uh, as a Centauri administrator to, to effectuate the, uh, the good work, frankly, of getting, uh, you know, Narns off of Narn and to, uh, you know, to places of safety. I have... I have precisely the same <laughs> facial expression <laughs> that, that Susan Ivanova had when she was like, Abraham Lincoln, are you? What the? Are, what is this? Come yes. on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a yeah. Centauri name. <laughs> Shockingly, no, it isn't. Right, right. right. Uh, so. I, I mean, maybe Vera picked the name in order to sort of tip off. Captain sure. Sheridan, you know, to sure, sort of sure. tip his hand a little bit to anybody who, who knew some Earth history, but it seemed a little, uh, you could make up a name that was more Centauri, that that wasn't, wouldn't draw some suspicion. Um, I, uh, it, was, it was a little eye-rolly for me, but it's memorable. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, I mean, pl- please point me to a name that would be le- less Centauri, Abraham Lincoln-y. Really? <laughs> but that, you know, Veer has never really expressed or never really demonstrated, uh, you know, a very good sleight of hand on, on, on this kind of thing. So I suppose no, it's no surprise. No. On, on his character sheet, his cunning stat is not it's very, very high. It's, it's, he didn't put a lot of points into that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, again, you know, good on Susan Ivanova, of course, for, for instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sort of triangulating what this, you know, what this is about. The most likely person who would, the most likely Centauri who would be able to deploy, uh, you know, kind of an, an an Earth metaphor into this context is you. So right. all I need to do is scratch the scratch the 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 merest of surfaces, and you're you're the thousand watt light bulb of indiscretion, <laughs> diplomatic yes. indiscretion, you know. Um, and when confronted, you know, <clears throat> Veer is going to fold like a bad hand of cards. Oh my God! A he's a, he's he's a you know he's 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 a he's a hand of mismatched twos and threes. Mm-hmm. He's useless. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You could blow him over with a, you know, with a feather. Right. Right. That's why yeah. we love him. Absolutely. Right? Because he, he is who he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, you know. But we can't. I mean. It sounds like we're slagging him for having no, no courage, having no, 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 but not considering what he's done here at the the great uh, risk to his career 
and right. possibly even to his life. Yes. To to try to smuggle these Narn off of the Centauri homeworld. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, to smuggle them off Narn and then off of off Centauri Narn. Prime. Yeah. A, yeah. A, yeah. Right. A double Both, smuggle right. with with a with a fake death. You know. Yeah. Right. Just as a little twist. Yeah. Yeah. I know he deserves. Uh, you know, full props. Yeah. Right. Even even given the fact that. Um, he's gonna, he, you know, he's gonna fold under pressure. Right, right. right. You know, it, I mean, it's sort of a good thing that it was Ivanova that stumbled across it. You know, instead of Londo or somebody in the Centauri government. You know, right, if right. If anybody's going to be understanding about it and sort of aid and abet him in this in this process, it's going to be the humans. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, so. What we have here is kind of an interstitial episode, uh, like uh, uh, like Avalon, mm-hmm. right? You know, between major, um, uh, you know, kind of on, uh, you know, on the core narrative content, right? Mm-hmm. And where, you know, what, I mean, what do you have? You have you have you have in this a kind of interestingly awkward veer trying to deal with this arranged marriage, mm-hmm. you know, an assortment of, you know, kind of this and that chop suey. Right. right? There certainly was, I, I don't think there was a coherent B plot in this episode. No. Honestly, there no. were, there were a couple of things thrown in. There was Ivanova's anxiety or uncertainty about sort of what's her new role in all of this. Right. You know, where where does she fit in? There's, you know, the you know the the marriage thing and the and the 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 smuggling plots are really too intertwined to say one is an A and one is a B. Right. All of that is A. I think. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I just you know there there, there was I, as much as we've said in 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 a number of cases where the B plot didn't do anything for an episode or it could or should have been jettisoned. I feel like this one maybe needed as, as much as I liked the episode and I'm always down for a Veer episode. Mm-hmm. It needed a bump. It needed something. Right. It needed a, it, it needed some kind of a tone contrast or, mm-hmm. or, you know, it needed some, it needed a little bit of maybe Marcus content or. Yeah. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, a little Garibaldi in the post office kind of shtick, right? A, or a, did, a fist fight in the Zocalo. It needed some, yeah. Well, maybe like maybe some action scene somewhere along the way would have, would yeah. have spiced it up just a little bit more. But it just it just felt like there was a little something off. Um, yeah, I can't put this my was, finger on it. This was very talky. This yeah. episode, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I mean, and, and inevitably, why? Because good grief, we've spent, you know, nine hundred bajillion dollars <laughs> on visual effects. You yeah. know, in the last four months, you know, we've got to do a couple of episodes where yeah. we don't we don't even need to make a sword, right? You know, just no. steal one from the the couple episodes back, right? Yeah. We'll put, uh, you know, we'll, we'll 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 put the bald skull cap we used for Major Barrett onto this mm-hmm. actress for Lindesty. Yep. Give her a piece of jewelry that's been sitting around in a in the costume jewelry case for the last yeah. six months. You know, yeah. roll out the throne for mm. Veer to touch in a most yep. indecent manner, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then proceed. 
Yeah. What on earth was the deal with that Centauri uh, uh, attache who Veer was talking with? Ugh. He was, he was unctuous in the extreme. He was. He was. And he was portrayed by... Hold on a second. Oh, good I think grief. I, are we already in IMDb corner? I, you led us to this, my friend. <laughs> That's uh, what that I do. That is uh, Damien London, who okay. looked really familiar to me, but I couldn't place him from yeah, anything. Yeah, it's the hair. Yeah, it, it, it's got to be the hair. Um, he's got a long... CV. Uh, okay. He was on Three's Company, so I mean, maybe that's where I knew him from. But lots Down of at our lots rendezvous. of little, <laughs> lots of little like one and two, uh, uh, you know, shot appearances here and there. But yeah. he just looked he looked much more familiar than that to me, and I was I was kind of surprised that um, he's gonna. Well, maybe it's because I, I saw him in this, you know, twenty five years ago. But he's gonna come back in a number of episodes down the line. So uh, as a character. Yeah, it looks it, like he yeah, doesn't this, ever... the, this character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks like he doesn't get a name, but he's he, huh. he keeps showing up. So, Lord yeah. Lord Sycophant or something. Something. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought the joke was in very poor taste. It didn't really. It wasn't really a joke. A key. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Enough. It. It. it, it you know the Monty Python sketch? Yes. Uh, it's always bad when we're, when we're like, referencing <laughs> Inevitably, I will know the answer but, to this. But it's the one where, uh, with Oscar Wilde. Oh. And there's a bunch of other writers, and they're they're sort of exchanging, you know, they're uh, exchanging witticisms and uh-huh. trying to out-witticism each other. And, and it had that kind of air to it. It was something, you know, you know, it's like, oh, Her Majesty is like a summer day, by which I mean, blah, blah, blah. Her Majesty is like a dose of the clap. <laughs> uh, you know, and they and they they keep sort of stumbling through what they're saying. It it, it had this this sort of yeah. courtly humor that everyone just sort of goes ha 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 ha. ha. But yeah. as you say, but but it doesn't doesn't actually. Um, yeah, yeah, not really funny. Not yeah yeah. It's one of those um, one of those particular kind of jokes that doesn't land because well, it isn't any good. It's a New Yorker cartoon. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh look at us being droll. Ha ha. So what do we have? We've got we've got a, a perfectly uh, perfectly interesting uh, kind of filler episode. Not a lot of um, kind of arc, the arc narrative, you know, mm-hmm. kind of being developed. Um, but I do think, from the perspective of our show's thesis, namely that Babylon Five has had a a, a significant role in the cultural legacy of sci-fi television programming. I think that there is something, frankly, about this episode that merits a sustained conversation, and that is the fact that I think what this episode is actually about is a study on Centauri racism. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which we see in a number of different uh, kind of perspectives or, you know, valences or however you might want to, however you might want to put it, you know. Mm-hmm. Londo's racism is of a kind. Uh, Lord Keymasters is of a different kind. Mm-hmm. Lindesty's of a third kind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think we're meant to see this, although it's not explicitly stated. No one says, um, you know, let's let's consider, uh, you know, let, let let let's consider some sociological concepts here. But that, that, to me, was the big takeaway. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. And 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 if you if you needed it sort of hammered into you, uh, you also have Londo, um, you know, hunting for that bug in his quarters. Right. Where, uh, you know the the things that he's saying, the dialogue that he's that he's spouting there is, you know, you could you could scratch out you know bug or spider or whatever it is he says and replace it entirely with Narn, and right. and you'd be good to go. Right. Um, Vermin. Those people are animals. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and you really do see, you see a, 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 a kind of the spectrum of, of racism, yep. you know, across, you know, the minister and, uh, and Londo and Lindesty. Uh, right. Um, you know, throughout them, you, the, the kind of, you know, mostly harmless, we're just joking amongst ourselves, what does it hurt, you know, of, of the minister, Right, right. Um, you know the worst kind. You know your your yeah. your uncle who thinks it's still okay to tell. You know to tell uh, you know Polish jokes or Jewish jokes or mm-hmm. you know yeah. or or whatever. Right? right. You know at Thanksgiving. You know which makes it's just so many us here. I mean, it, right. You know, we're not hurting anybody. Right. It's the, it's it's yeah. It's the most insidious. It's the hardest to. Uh, it's the hardest to really to 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 notice, uh, and to rid oneself of. Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's sort of uh, you know, around the office racism, right? You know, well, it's just come on. It's just yeah, like you said, it's just us. Yeah, it's right. just talk, right? And I mean, certainly, you know, I'm, I can't speak for you, but I, I have, I have myself felt like Veer at family gatherings or or at other kinds of places. You know, particularly when I was younger and less willing to speak my mind. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I've heard things and I've been like, ah, yeah, oh, yeah, look, oh, oh, there, there, there's a snowstorm outside. I think I'll go out and stand in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather do anything than continue this conversation with you because it's so distasteful. Yeah, you know my, my legendary love of, of conflict uh, and, you know, when, when any of that kind <laughs> right, of thing comes right, up, it's right. like, I, 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 need to, I need to tunnel into this floor and escape immediately. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm right. just going to sit here and pretend that I'm not hearing this, which is, you know, I'm not saying it's a good response. I'm not necessarily proud right. of it. Uh, right. But it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's how I've felt in situations like that and certainly how, you know, how we see Veer reacting at first. Yeah. 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 With 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 regard to this minister. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's sort of one flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This sort of like low grade. Um, microaggression, right? Right. You know, the culture has a certain set to it, mm-hmm. and things are tolerated, and what is tolerated becomes, uh, uh, you know, kind of your 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 norm, right? Right. right. It's the baseline, right? Um, and then you know, as as kind of shocking as it is to say that you get, that Londo is really your middle point. It's your indeed your uh, your your uh, baby bear racism yeah um, right as it were the you know that that yes he's you know he he's gonna he's sort of the official governmental official cultural perspective uh, right like the elite culture's perspective right right? or a sort of learned or Mm -hmm. um scientific right you know these people who were sort of scientifically minded eugenicists right right in 1920 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, uh, phrenologists, mm-hmm. right? You know, that the elite culture yeah. has that kind of perspective, you know? I, I don't know that we've... Uh, I don't know that we've seen any particular instance of of Londo kind of wholesale really hating the Narn. Okay, go. Um, it's it's more been for political expediency that he's embraced the racism that seems to pervade the Centauri culture. Hmm. I think hmm. I'm not I'm not 100 sold on it myself. I, I I would have to think back to other episodes. Yeah, you know, he says he says the things that are reflected by you know with the war and and the but and and, and there's there's uh, oh it must have been in uh, in now for a word where they're interviewing him and he's just saying absolutely deplorable kinds of things that right he, or or when he first comes back into the the council after the um, after the surrender uh, right after the the, the 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 mass driver you know planet bombing right. Um, you know, he's in those cases. He's saying the 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 kinds of you know what, sweeping general hateful generalizations. But I, I you know I don't. Well, look, I'm not here's, sure that he's got it in his heart. Here's why Londo's in the middle. Okay. Oh, and we'll, okay. when we'll we'll talk about Linda Stee. Yeah. You know, in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Londo is not sold in his heart on the genocidal elimination of the Narn from the universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's not he's not trying to erase them from history. Mm-hmm. But I think that when he says the things that he says in this episode... Your example of a now for a word, that was the last time that I called him out mm-hmm. for what felt to me to be pretty virulent racism. His heart is racist. He does believe, mm-hmm. I think, that the Narn are a lesser and inferior people who are barely governable, right? It's a very 19th century kind of white man's burden kind of thing. But yeah. with more hostility directed mm-hmm. towards the Narn than um, than maybe you'd get from your sort of baseline, mm-hmm. right? Which is why I don't think he is on the baseline. I think he's above that, right? right. When he's okay. talking with Morden about, well, what, are you going to kill 10,000 Narns? Oh, my God, you killed 10,000 Narns? Right? That's Londo saying, I'm not... I'm. I'm not, I'm not genocidal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick up a rifle and start shooting Narn children who we've gathered up from a town because they need to be, uh, you know, they need to be processed. Okay. Right? Yep. Um, but I don't think he ever thinks that they should have an equal place at the Council of Civilized People. I think he thinks that they... That at best they should be governed as a colony. You know that they, they mm-hmm. can't manage their own affairs. Uh, they're they're unruly, ill-disciplined, uncivilized. 
unfit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think I, I think I think there's a through line of that all all the way all the way through, at least in my mind, right? Okay, that makes him um, really a, a kind of an un, an unrepentant racist. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think about it more and, and watch watch more carefully. Um, I I I tend to view him as more sort of a a more just more of a practical imperialist, and maybe I'm maybe oh, I'm okay. slicing hairs here. Okay, but but that he he sees the the Narn as and it is tied into yeah you wouldn't do this to a people that you thought or to somebody that you thought was an equal. Um, he sees them as a stepping stone or a stepping stool toward the greater Centauri Empire. Uh-huh. That that okay, we're we're going to use them to boost ourselves. Um, where you know, I I don't think that he would. I don't know. I was I was going to say I don't know that he would, if if he and a a Narn were trapped in an elevator. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, Jakar is a special case, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because yeah. he has that relationship. If that were just, you know, if random. that were Talon, mm-hmm. right, who he doesn't really know, well, what might have happened, yeah. right? Well, Talon <laughs> yeah. would have killed him, right? Um, no question. See, Chris, I, I, I agree yeah. with your point about he sees the Narn as, a, as an obstacle to the imperial ambition of the Centauri. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. But I think that that is a construct built on the foundation of racism, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think I'm, he views humanity in the same way as an obstacle say, to their imperial ambition. Yeah. Does he but, see anybody as being an equal to the Centauri? No, but that's no. that Centauri cultural pride. Right. That is, that is mediated by a racist narrative against Narn, but is not mm-hmm. mediated by a racist narrative against humanity. I think this I think the, the Centauri think that humanity are sort of like oh you, psh, come on the, the backwater know? cousins. Yeah, right, right. You know yeah. the 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 you know the the riffraff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that there's a kind of cultural anxiety about the Mimbari. Mm-hmm. That's expressed in Londo endlessly changing Veer's uh you know diplomatic notes. Right. right, but I don't think I don't think they're I don't think I've ever seen Londo behave in a way that I would describe as racist towards the Mimbari. No, but no. against the Narn, over and over again, in my judgment, yeah. you know, that's what they, he brings. Yeah, I guess would he would he really would they really be expressing or would there be a way to project this kind of racism? Against a culture that's at an equal or superior stance. I mean, I, I guess there, yeah. there could be kind of snide commentary, but there's no there's no opportunity to actually practice it in the way that you can against someone that you've just bombed back into the Stone Age. Right. Um, um, it's it, you know, it it's definitely an interesting um, nugget to uh, to kind of take tear apart, and one of the one of the reasons why. Babylon 5 and sci-fi in general, you know, so frequently come back to the, the, the race issues well for their stories. Yeah, right. And for their, and for their major arcs. Right. 
Yeah. yeah, for sure, which we'll come to, you know, in a few minutes, right? Right. Yeah. So that so you've got sort of your, you know, uh, Lord Minister keyholder baseline mm-hmm. racism, Londo the mo- the middle ground in this in this case in this mm-hmm. episode, and then Lindesty, the you know the passionately true believer, mm. right? You know the Nazi in her heart, right? Right. Which you don't really get at first. She seems nice. She seems encouraging. She seems you know very sweet and very charming. Right. Um, and then you get that heel turn. Right. And yeah. that smile. You know that that same tone of voice. Mm-hmm. The the seeming un not being reflective in any way that in fact she's taken that heel turn. Yeah. The character doesn't think that there's been a heel turn. This is no. just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna order a sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you I love you. I'm gonna support this decision to murder 150 narn women and children because otherwise how will you help them? Right? Mm. And then I'm gonna order uh, you know, a piece of cake for dessert. As though yeah. all of these things are of the same you know, uh, uh, they they merit the same tone. Yeah. Horrifying. In her, it has been thoroughly normalized. Yes. Uh, to the point of, you know, well, because her, her father, you know, she grew up around right. this. She grew up really, really immersed in this this particularly violent strain of of racism and, and imperialism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely she, both, right? Yeah, she, and she doesn't see, she doesn't see a thing wrong with it, and she doesn't, she doesn't understand why anybody else would see right. anything wrong with it. You know, right. it's a, it's it's a. I mean, I guess you could say it's a it's a sociopathic level. Indeed, but but you know, can you really call that out if an entire culture is likewise sociopathic? You know, can can a can a society be that way? Well, or is I, you know, I think I think we've seen some examples. Yes. Yes. Of national cultures in our own our own mm-hmm. story as a human mm-hmm. species. I think so. That I, I think, think you so. could you could defend mm-hmm. as being sociopathic. Sure. Yeah. You know, or yeah. that uh, or that that have a that have a sociopathic breakdown mm-hmm. after which some kind of new order is restored. Right. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think it's a baseline for for sentient beings who understand you know love and respect to be able to to perform genocide i certainly hope that it's not yeah right right i just I, that's not a that's not a human baseline i don't think but it is cape but certainly human societies are capable of being led there yes right <clears throat> yes pretty easily pretty easily you know the the fact that we can count that we need two hands to count the number of genocides that have been attempted since 1900 mm-hmm. is uh, uh, is a, you know a, a damning indictment on how much work we've done as a human species to build a, a you know a human a human community, right? right? I, I'm not I'm not interested in national narratives at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point, the very least we can do. Is think about each other as worthy of being, uh, of, you know, having a space to live their own life, whatever that is. 
And this Lindesty character, I mean, there wouldn't Not be an arm left. Yeah. 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 And, and the fact that it's played the way that she plays it. I mean, this actress was dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you know, she didn't, as far as I can tell, have much in the way of, of prior roles coming into it. Um, she'd been on a, a number of episodes. Of, this is, uh, this is Carmen Thomas is her name. Uh, she'd been on a number of episodes of, of all my children. Huh. And she, uh, she was also in two of the great films of the nineties, blade and face off. <laughs> um, Without question. Yeah, uh, but but I didn't really feel, uh, overruled. <laughs> Those are great movies. Sustained, yes. Uh, yeah. So, but no, I thought she, I thought she really captured that, and, and as you said, without really, she kept that, that sweet innocence, even as the things she was saying were just shockingly terrifying. Right. Right. Yeah. What the words coming out of her mouth you would expect coming out of uh you know a nazi in cabaret mm-hmm. you know or in swing kids yeah. and you would not you wouldn't be surprised if those if that kind of talk came out of such a such a person wearing a swastika mm-hmm. but yet here she is looking all you know the picture of centauri innocence yeah and uh i thought you know, one of the one of the better performances we've seen this season from a um, from a guest star. I agree. Right. I agree. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm looking over her. Uh, I'm looking actually looking over the the CV of the director of this episode. Was this um, Mike Vehar? No, this is uh, Jesus Salvador Trevino. Okay, I yeah. probably butchered that. I apologize. Um, and it looks like he has, you know, he directed a number of things in the 90s, an episode of Space Above and Beyond, Stardust. Yes. That was a dynamite. Oh, mm. that was a dynamite episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a number of Sequest 2032 episodes. Sequest 2032? Uh, yeah, yeah. The third not season? Just, yeah. Okay. I'm not getting around there. Yeah. Uh, Voyager, DS9. Yeah, that's where I know his uh, name from. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. DS9 is uh, The Reckoning, Sons and Daughters, and The Begotten. Okay. Um, All kind of filler content. And he did, uh, he's done a couple of B5 uh, B Divided Loyalties. Okay. Was him. Uh, Interludes and Examinations, which we'll get to in a couple weeks, is him. Yes. Um, Very and fine a few episode. Others down, down the line as well. Ooh, Brimstone. I loved that show. It was a good show. I don't know this program. Oh, this was, Brimstone was one. Uh, my wife, Allie, actually was, was a big. Uh, a bigger fan of it, but I liked it quite a bit. Uh, uh, you know, what was it 99 uh, or maybe, why would it be 99? It would have to be 666 uh, damned souls have been released from hell. And it's this one guy's job to like track them all down and, and, uh, and bring them back. Well, that sounds um, fun. And I want to say who played the devil in that? Was that Ray was that Wise John, as the devil? Or was it John Glover? Um, was that the one with Ray Wise from Twin Peaks as I, the devil? No, it was John Glover. Oh, John uh, who, Glover. Uh, yeah. Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor, yes, and his amazing nice. hair. Yes. Nice. Yeah, yeah it ran, and Laurie Petty was in it, and it ran uh, very, very briefly. Um, 113 escaped evil spirits. See, they really dropped the ball on that. If they'd made yeah. it 666, the, well, they'd still the be on the air. Probably, yeah, the censors probably uh, told them not to. Right. But yeah, a dead cop, he has to come back and, uh, and bring all of these 
these damned back to hell. Huh. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting show. Yeah. Um, anywho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so, certainly Lindesty is going to be in whatever version of Centauri <laughs> hell there is. You know, one can only hope. And uh, you know, good on Veer mm-hmm. for 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 sticking to his. Yeah. You know, for sticking to his guns. I did feel a little cheated that we didn't get the scene of Veer telling her, you know, thanks but no thanks. You know, pack yeah. your bags, get on out of here. It was just kind of done. But, yeah. But I mean. One, that scene would have been, you know, as uncomfortable as, um, as a, uh, um, as, as a, a, a David Mamet film to, uh, to watch. It would have been like yes. a telephone in, um, oh, good Lord, what was the name of that movie? That Mamet one that we watched. Oh, yeah. It, it I won't, it won't come to me. Yeah. Nah. It'll be show notes, folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super uncomfortable. It would be, it would be incredibly uncomfortable watching him do that and it would probably yeah. take about an hour and a half for him to get to the point so yeah of, of course it was done off screen yeah but it i was, felt it i still was, felt well, what else what else sort of would would be of equivalent discomfort um susan ivanova's learning that the centauri have six and then her sort of like all over the yard emotional reaction to like six yes. six 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 yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. 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 Oleana. Oleana was the, oh, was the David Mann. What a movie. Yeah. That was that was that was very two, unsettling. Two characters in a telephone and all the tension you can eat. Yeah. God bless. Um Chris, do you, do you think that we okay, we're halfway through B five and they've yeah. done you know, J. Michael Straczynski clearly coming at this from uh, kind of the the perspective of sort of the American left, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. racism is a bad thing. We need to call it out. We need to address it. We, you know, this kind of thing, right? Yeah. We see it. It's so much more evident, you know, in Sense Eight, you know, and down the road, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Do you think that Babylon Five deserves special merit or credit for its handle of race, or is it sort of of a piece, about as good as? But not better than. I I don't I don't see it doing anything particularly revolutionary around race at this time. Yeah. Um, especially considering how white the cast is. Yeah. Um, and you know they're 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 not treading any any particularly new ground here. Um, you know, yeah, you could say this episode is Schindler's List with the serial numbers filed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there, you know, it doesn't feel like they're going places that you don't see in, in the other kind of sci-fi stuff of the 80s, 90s. Yeah, I think you could probably make a case that, that Star Trek, the original series, does a, does a sustained better job on on critiquing racism than almost any other show. I think so. I yeah. think so, especially for the era that it was in. Right. Um, and it still is, it's, you know, still some episodes are pretty awkward to watch here. Totally. In yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for when it was, and you know, it's, it's in the middle of a cultural revolution of sorts. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely embracing that. Uh, yeah that civil rights, you know, equality 
movement of the time because it's building it, it's painting a space utopia yeah right you know right there's They're no building money that utopia right yeah yeah, yeah. so so if you're going to be if you're going to be painting the future as that then you have to be setting a a a stage of equality yeah right uh, right and yeah and but it, but then again i mean it didn't necessarily mean that it needed to call out racism with with various episodes uh you know across the across the original run right though in, in some you know yeah i think about from season one the um masterpiece of an episode uh balance of terror which frankly is oh. a is a it's a submarine set piece i mean that that's <laughs> really? what it is and yeah. yet and yet within it is uh a very staunch defense by Kirk of an anti-racism perspective, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, when, when the, when the big reveal comes and the Romulans are shown to, to look like Vulcans, right? And the, and you know, the, the enterprise's navigator goes all, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, governor Wallace Right. You know, you know, on 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 Spock and Kirk is like, there will be none of that. Check your bigotry at the door. It has no right? place on my bridge. It has no place on my yeah. bridge. Okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I mean, you know, I watched all these Star Trek episodes, and as a very young person, that had to have had an, an impact, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've, so. I've always found the, you know, a kind of race framing of yeah, just bizarre. Like racism, what? Why? I don't get it, right? And um, and you know because of that, you know I think about the other things that they did in Star Trek: The Original Series that maybe felt a little bit more I don't know gimmicky, like the you know the kiss and you know all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a kind of sustained anti-racist narrative in Star Trek. That is not really sustained in Star Trek: The Next Generation, or uh, you know, or even in the movies. You know, in our pre-show, Chris, we talked a little bit about the fact that you know Kirk was like, "Don't you, uh, you know, don't, don't don't you don't you start this nonsense with me on my bridge about Spock?" And yet, Kirk's racism against yeah. Klingons. Yeah, fast forward to Undiscovered Country. Right, right. And I thought, okay, this is one of the reasons why he's such a great character because he has such. He has such complexity, mm-hmm. and there are things about him that are unsavory and that are not okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, you know, as though Kirk were the only person who was engaged in a kind of, you know, kind of a racist, uh, uh, you know, narrative with Klingons. I mean, you know, Valeris, Chekhov, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were all they were all right there in it, right? Um, and I think about. It's Star Trek The Next Generation, sort of, you know, O'Brien and Cardassians. Okay, that's kind of interesting stuff. You know, mm-hmm. D, you know DS9, um, you know, Far Beyond the Stars is actually, you know, about, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's full on about racism, right? right. Um, extraordinary piece of television, but we've talked about that, you mm-hmm. know, at length. Um, Voyager doesn't really go there in any kind of sustained way. It's not what Galactica's about, no, you know, you know I, I mean, there's there's the oh, there's yeah, the, Sagittarians. There's yeah, definitely some, the Sagittarians yeah, stuff, right, right, yeah, and you know, to to an extent, the you know, if you want to call it racism between the humans and the Cylons, yeah, you know, they certainly have their 
they have their views of each other and uh yeah you know, that are that are founded in in bigotry and in uh you know desire for genocide yeah 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 i bet if we were, if we were doing a b5 podcast we'd have to really unpack that wouldn't we you mean if we were doing a Galactica podcast? Oh, God bless America. We are doing a B5 podcast. Stop it. One, once in a while, we actually talk BSG about that show. BSG is what I meant. <laughs> yes. I've made uh, the same error. Yeah, right. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's interesting. We think about um, kind of your seminal programs maybe of that are going on right now. Um, you think about maybe like The Expanse. Expanse is, is, is more about class than it is about race. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, there's there's that line drawn between inners and belters. Right, um, right. But, but there really, there really doesn't seem to be anything about, about race, you know, I guess maybe it just boils down to as long as humans have some, other, some kind of set with which to distinguish, you know, I am better than X, whether it's race or whether it's planetary origin. You know, right. that, that's good enough for us. We can move away from racism as long as I can still thumb my nose at those belters. Right, right. It becomes a kind of planetism or yes. systemism or something like that. Yes. You know? yes. Yeah. Uh, and that in Expanse is, of course, in, you know, in, in the, full, the full flower of humanity, you know, is expressed in that kind of disgusting, you know, behavior. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that, that Babylon 5 deserves sustained credit for its willingness to tackle not to not to rub your nose in it but to tackle it yeah and yeah. it could uh, have ignored these kinds yeah. of things it could it, yeah they, they could have very easily gotten away without having an episode like this right you this know, episode it, could have been played for farce yep right because it's it looks on paper like it should be it's a Veer oh, episode. Oh, it's, it's a Veer episode, and he's meeting his, uh, he's meeting his, uh, you know, his his wife who, who, and it's an arranged marriage, and zaniness yeah. ensues. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you oh. know, it's my big fat Centauri wedding, right, right. But instead, mm-hmm. it's actually a very compelling study on Centauri racism, which asks us to reflect on our own. Good on them. Uh, okay, so, uh, friends, uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts and perspectives on, you know, on this episode, uh, you know, as well as all others. You know where to find us. iTunes, put the name of the pod in your favorite search engine. Go find us on Facebook. Uh, you know, I recently, I, I, look, I was looking us up. I, I was, you know, what, what okay. do you call it when you search for your own name on Google? Uh, there's, there's a term that the, that the youth, the kids have for it. I don't remember what yeah. what it is, but I, I looked us up on on iTunes um, and was just curious. You know, if you type in the name, you know, how far down the list do we end up? And we we're actually like the third or fourth. That's cool. Know, third or fourth one that popped up. So yeah, yeah. Must be, you know, people yeah. must be finding us somehow. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we we're we, you know we're sort of you know in a lot of different places, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we have a really exciting community, and yes. we're looking forward to hearing you know kind of your thoughts and perspectives on this episode as we continue through season three. Right. So, uh, Mr. Uh, President uh, Phil Mori. Yes. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I I I stand as a Grovero Clevelandy, yes. thanking you so much for listening, 
And uh, folks, we'll we'll see you again next week. All right. See ya. Bye.